season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Welcome back to the JKR Podcast. My name is Jay Shrigling and I'm the host. We are back after another great episode yesterday with Jet Johnston, Texas A&M Commit. We got another great episode today, episode two of three this weekend. We've got 2023 Tennessee Baseball Commit, USA Prime player, just recently got back from the PDP, great ball player here. We got Derek Schaefer on the show um, so it was great learn, look, learning a little bit more about him and his career. Um, today we discussed the recruiting process. We talk about the entire week at PDP, what the average day was like, what was going on, how he played. Uh, we talk, we dig into the advisor selection process, um, just much more digging his career as a whole. So uh, just some great content here. Hope you guys enjoy it just as much as I did. And let's dig into it. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have one of the top prospects in Arizona for the 2023 class. we got Tennessee baseball commit Derek Schaefer on the show. Derek, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing good. So one question I always like to ask everybody as soon as they come on the podcast is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Derek Schaefer? You know, I'm just uh... – just a kind-hearted kid, a uh, God-loving guy. Um, that's try. Uh, that's kind of how I try to display myself to everybody. Um, you know, I just play baseball, go to school, um, lift to get better at baseball, and hang out with my friends. Really, that's all I do. I'm kind awesome. of a baseball-centered guy. I love my family. And, you know, yeah. Awesome. So we actually met last week at the WWBA when you were playing for USA Prime. So let's dig into your experience with Prime and how you got connected with them. Um, so how exactly did you get connected with Prime, and then how long ago did you start playing for him? Um, it was actually, I, I think it was in January, I was playing um, in the Perfect Game MLK in Texas, <clears throat> and um, I pitched the first game um, for another team there, and I guess one of their coaches saw me and then texted Mark Nellis about me, and Mark Nellis was like, oh, shoot, let's get him on the team. So he texted me, like, this huge text, huge paragraph, like, kind of in, like, an essay format. It was funny, but um, he uh, he got me on that team about almost two years ago now. I'd say, like, a year and seven or eight, eight, seven or eight months ago. Um, and then after that, I, I said, yeah, sure, I'll play. So it was, like, an invitation to the national team. And that was kind of, like, the best experience that I've had to that point. Um, and... I played with them in June of that year, and that summer last year, um, I played about five turns with them. Okay. So before playing for Prime, you said you were picking So was that like a local team out of Arizona, or who exactly was that? No, that was kind of um, – that was one of my other first times going across, like, kind of the country for me. Um, I was playing with Trotsky National. That was kind of just a sub moment for me. Um, but the local team I always used to play with was the Scottsdale Dirtbags. Okay. So being out there in Arizona, kind of more out west than a lot of players who are on that USA Prime team, 
Um, before you went to Prime, were you playing in a lot of tournaments, maybe in California, Nevada, that area, or were you still coming out east for baseball tournaments? I wasn't really coming out east much, no. I mean, we're so blessed out here in Arizona to have, uh, you know, the spring training, like, backfields that we can all play at um, for all the 15 teams. So we have uh, all that. But, I, yeah, I used to go to California a lot. Um, there's some good tournaments in Las Vegas and go up to Reno sometimes. But uh, the the majority I played in, um, like, the Phoenix area. Okay. So I know when we were talking last week at um, before that one game, you said that this this past week was your first week with Prime all summer, right? Yes. So what were some of the other events you were doing before you played it with Prime for the WWBA? Um, so in j- – Late May, I, I played in the uh, Perving Game West MLK tournament with AZBC, um, which is Arizona Baseball Club, just, you know, just my local team now. Um, that was good. It's kind of getting me back on track. And then I went across the board kind of in Arizona for like three or four events. I did uh, just uh, an Eason event. Eason runs a tournament called the Fall Classic, and it was kind of like their early Fall Classic, which is uh, the tournament I played in with them. And then uh, the next weekend I played – I threw an Erico tryouts and then I played for CBA Marucci and the Team USA West National Championships. Okay, so for that area code tryout, um, how can you kind of take us through that day? What the area code tryouts like? What are they trying to get from you? And overall, just what was that experience like for you? Yeah, I'll tell you, it's, it's a long day, um, especially for us um, pitchers because. I mean, I know the position players are doing a lot of stuff, but we uh, we sit there for a while. But you get there at like three thirty, and I think we I've left both the years at ten thirty or eleven p.m. Ooh, um, yeah, yeah, it's at it's at GCU in Phoenix, um, but it's a great great little event. They invite a lot of people to you know get you exposure because there's a lot of college coaches there because there's a lot of uncommitted players. Um, so all the uncommitted kids kind of go out there and do their thing, but it's really hard to make that team because there's. I, I think 200 kids trying out for like 24 spots on the, the Reds team. Okay. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, you get there, kind of just hang out, meet the scouts. Um, and then I threw, I think like 13th in the lineup of pitchers. So, you know, just kind of hanging out till you throw. And then we, I threw four batters and that was pretty much my day. Okay. So you play, this is your second year doing area code, correct? Yeah. So what was area code like last year for you? Because you did make that team for the Cincinnati Reds, right? Yes, I did. Okay. So when you did go to area code, and like that's like a, what, a week-long tournament playing other area code teams? Yeah, it's like four or five days um, up, up towards a week of, you know, just games. And that was, that was like that, – that thing might mo- – that uh, event might have the most scouts out of any event in the country just because there's 120 kids – instead of like 40 or 50 um there's about 120 kids there the best 120 in the country there's it's all regions so i mean there's southwest southern california northern california and then you got the northeast southeast midwest texas so i mean there's a lot of really really good players in it and um you know you, you just get there do some bp of course i'm just shagging the whole time and then i throw once and kind of just hang out um but it's a really good experience really good experience so when do you head there for this year's area code? This year, I think it's um, August 6th through 10th or 5th through 9th or something like that. Um, we're there okay. for five days, though, doing stuff. So is that the, is that the next turn? Is that the a next event you got going on? Or do you have something else in between those next couple of weeks? 
No, I have PG National next week. Okay. And where's PG National held at? It's in Tampa Bay at uh, the Ray Stadium, Tropicana Field. Okay. So, for you being in Arizona, I mean, obviously being Pacific time code, so you're three hours behind Florida, Georgia, those East Coast states. So, is that kind of tough for you, alternating three hours on the time zone? Yeah, of course. It's it's tough. Um, but, you know, just making sure I get good sleep, um, sleeping in as much as I can over there. Um, but yeah, it is tough because everything's three hours up for me. It's kind of a 21 hour day, um, instead of a 24 hour day, but you know, just making sure you're hydrated, making sure you're getting enough sleep, eating enough food and you'll, you'll, you'll be good. Yeah. So for this summer, have you spent most of your time in Arizona or was it like, I mean, obviously WWBA, you're going back to Florida for the PG national. Um, so have you spent most of your time in the Pacific time code or the Eastern time zone? Uh, probably most Arizona. Uh, I was just away from home for about like three weeks, but I was, I was home for about four weeks, um, during the summer. So it's, it's pretty close, but mostly, uh, Arizona. Okay. So what's that like being home for three, I mean, being away from home for like three straight weeks and then finally just getting home, being able to relax, being the AC out there in Arizona. What's that, what's that like for you just to finally be home and just be from being away for so long? It's rewarding. Um, you know, I was, I was out living in a hotel for three weeks, which is not, not fun. I'm sure you can, uh, sure you can kind of piggyback on that because you've probably yeah. done it before, but, um, yeah, it's tough, but, uh, I played in some really good events. Um, you know, just really good, really good competition. I played against showing off who I am to everybody. And, um, you know, it's nice to be home, really nice to be home. It was a really good feeling to sleep in my bed and get home and, do all that, but you know, I, I wouldn't trade being away and doing all that stuff for the world. Yeah, I'm sure. Like I was away for ten straight days, so not nearly the three weeks you were. And that first night I slept in my bed, I I think it was like a full, maybe like ten hours sleep, not not waking up at all. It was perfect. But of course, um, let's talk about the PDP a little bit. So obviously, you got to experience that. Got to go play with a couple of your future teammates. You're going to play with at Tennessee. Um, so just take us through that. So how did you get that notification that you're going to be playing in the PDP, um, playing with those guys? And just what was the overall experience for you? Yeah, the experience was great. Um, I got the – I think I got the invitation during my high school season. Um, you know, I think just because of my last summer, it was kind of early high school season, and they were just like, okay, um, let's invite them, I guess. So uh, I got that in, like, early high school season. Um and it was probably the best event I've been to so far. Um, it's ran by uh, USA Baseball and MLB kind of can join. Um, they get like a database together to get you, get your stuff in for the draft, um, like your your measurables and stuff like that. Um, so teams can all see it. And then you're there. I was there for 10 days, um, you know, just kind of learning the ways of USA Baseball, learning the ways of, you know, just how to be a better man. Um, it was a great event. I, I was with some really, really good, memorable players. Met LaTroy Hawkins, Howie Kendrick, Jack Wilson. Um, those guys were all coaches there and stuff. Well, Michael Kadir was there too. Um, but it was, a, it was a great event. Got to spend a lot of time with uh, the players. Met a bunch of new guys. A bunch of really good baseball. Yeah. So when you have former Major League players there, I always see mentioned Michael Cotier, um LaTroy Hawkins, a couple other guys you said. So when you're around those caliber of guys, are you trying to pick their brain? Are you asking them certain questions? What exactly are you doing when you're around those type of guys? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, a guy like Howie Kendrick, he's not a pitcher, but he's one of the like most consistent hitters of all time. So you just kind of go up to him and you kind of ask him, like, you saw me pitch yesterday. What's your approach against me in the box? Even though he's not a pitcher, it's just like I'm just trying to get a slight upper hand on those better hitters. Um, and then there's there's a Latroy Hawkins who's got probably the, I think the most appearances of of all time out of any pitcher. So it's just like, what do you do to get ready? Um, what's your mindset up there? How do you stay focused? How do you get warm so fast? Because you never yeah. know if if I uh, like you know hopefully I'm um, gifted and blessed enough to get drafted one day and maybe they'll turn me into a bullpen arm or hopefully I still start but you never know when that when that could come so getting the most information out of everybody that's that's been there and done that is is great yeah so for that PDP is each one of those guys are they a coach for a certain like obviously that PDP has like team red team blue gray all that so what does each team have their own coach uh, by one of those guys yeah I mean um Howie Kendrick and Michael Kadire were kind of just special guests um they were just around the facility just talking to us they weren't really coaches um but <laughs> Jag Wilson is the uh national team I guess hitting coach I think so he's he's there kind of just for patrolling the place he wasn't a coach but Latroy Hawkins was the pitching coach for the light blue team and then uh my my team had a a coach that played at Vanderbilt played professionally we had um Kip Wells as well who was like a like an eight-year veteran in the, for the Pirates and teams like that in the MLB he was a pitcher I picked his brain a lot he was a good really good guy too um, and then we had I, I honestly forgot his name but he was the first baseman for the Red Sox and they won the World Series but it was there was a lot of no it wasn't okay it was it was 04 that, that oh guy. okay I guess that's way that's way too long ago for me to remember exactly me too but um, so you said you were there for 10 days. So can you guys just take us through what that average day looked like for you? Because I know it was, it's the first couple of days are kind of like tryouts to find out who's on what team. And then more, it was more gameplay after that. Or how exactly did that average day look? I mean, they had all the teams set up um, before we got there. It's everybody's kind of the, it's the same player because it's a, you know, it's a really, really, really good team little event. And then um, we got there. It was a travel day. Got there, got all of our gear woke up the next morning. It was kind of just a you know, really tough morning that next morning because it was, again, like a 21-hour day for me because um, it's in North Carolina, and yeah. I flew straight from Arizona. And, um, you know, you get there. You The first day was we got there and got breakfast, kind of got inclined with the, with the atmosphere and what was going on. Um, and then you get on a bus, you go over to the stadium, you uh you practice the pitchers would shag um and then the first day we did measurables we did like broad jump single leg jump sprints um and then the the position players did in and out for scouts which is just infield outfield you know it was just kind of like that the whole time but the only difference was that we did the measurables the first time the first day we did measurables we did all the 60s and 30s and stuff like that and then as it went on, a couple days later, we started to do games, and then every day from there on out, we played a game. So I think we played around six or seven games. Okay. So how often how often did you pitch when you were down there? I threw twice. Um, twice. You know, I try okay. to yeah, I try to keep my body ready enough to where I I mean I don't want to throw off of one day rest or no days rest. So 
it was kind of like they they understand that and they go by pitch smart because USA baseball literally like created pitch smart. So um, they, they keep you to two or three innings every time. So I went one inning my first outing on the second day of games. Um, and then I sat for three rest days and then I went out and started the next game that I threw. Um, it was on Tuesday. So it was, I think, the fifth day of games. I had three days, three days rest. I started that game and I went three innings, 36 pitches. Okay. So who are some of those guys you were facing when you were there? Did you get to face any of your USA prime teammates or even some of your future Tennessee teammates? I did not because um, the Tennessee kids that were there was one was a pitcher and one was a outfielder. And I, I, uh, I threw against team light blue both times, which is kind of unfortunate. I kind of wanted to face a different lineup, get a different feel for it. But um, yeah. So who was the outfielder? The outfielder's Cole Eaton, and the pitcher is Matthew Dallas. Yep. I, I knew Matthew was there because, Matthew, I'm getting on the podcast as well, so I've been talking about it a little bit. But just cool. curious. Um, when you So when you're traveling, you went from Cary, North Carolina for PDP, down to Atlanta for the WWBA. Are you traveling by yourself, or do you have uh, one of your parents with you? Um, for PDP, I was traveling by myself, and then my dad met up with me in Atlanta because he, uh, he just wanted to be there, kind of get away from home, do something and see me, so – we, uh, we stayed there together in Atlanta, but in North Carolina, I was all by myself. Okay. So I know when we were talking last week, you said there's a, there's a chance that you're going to be able to miss school for maybe three, four weeks doing some uh, baseball events. So what are some of those events? Yeah, so the start of August, um, my, my school starts super early. We start August 1st, so that's partly why I get to, well, hopefully get to miss so much school. Um, so at the beginning of the month, it starts with area code and then I'll come home for a couple of days and then hopefully I'll be able to go to Under Armour All-American and then come home for a couple of days. And then it's actually right down the road at Chase Field, um, would be perfect game All-American. Um, and then after that, um, would be uh, team USA trials and then team USA. Okay. So with this, with you going into your senior year, this summer's kind of like your last summer of playing travel ball. So you're down to your last couple of weeks, last month or so playing travel ball. So just looking back at your whole career, just when you started as a young kid playing travel ball, what are maybe some of your best memories that come to your mind when you actually think of your tra- of playing travel ball? Well, that's a good question. Um, there's a lot of them. I played uh, played from eight U all the way up to now. So, I mean, I got to start with, uh, you know, just, just playing AU. I was always like the backup catcher. I never really played, just, you know, kind of having fun with my team, the energy guy. But I stopped catching, like, when I was about 14 and started pitching, and that was a fun year um, when I was kind of transitioning. Um, I was always playing with the Dirtbags. Um, really good team, really good local program, really good younger teams. They do a good job of uh, – you know, teaching you how to be a good guy, bringing you up the right way, and just making you a good player. But, you know, a couple memories I have is just going to San Diego with that team. When I was younger, every summer we'd do that. That was kind of our only trip. So, uh, those were that was fun, you know. And then when I started to actually travel, I went to Florida and California, two trips in one summer for the first time when I was 13, my 13-year-old summer. Um playing with the dirtbags again and then coming up to here last summer was really 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 fun because I played in five tournaments four um, in different states and um, 
USA Prime did a great job of being able to let me play on the team and letting me have fun. And Mark Nellis, Cody Kramer, Brandon Chancellor um, are those the coaches there that I've had over the past two years. And Mark Nellis brought me in. He uh, always cared for me. He's a really good guy. And then Cody Kramer really taught me how to be a better mind on the baseball field. And just USA Prime in general, I think, is just probably the best organization by far. Um, and they did a really good job of letting me have fun in baseball and allowing me to play against really good competition for the first time. Yeah. As a, as this past year or so, as I've been getting to know, like a lot of these travel organizations, I definitely have to agree with you that USA prime is definitely one of those legit programs that are top tier, uh, first class, but let's dig into your, let's dig into high school ball just a little bit before we talk about the recruiting process. So what's the outlook on your senior year? Are you ready to be a senior, ready to be being that guy on your team? Yeah, man, I don't know if I would go to that guy on my team. I just kind of want to go out there and play, show, um, just kind of kind of sh- showcase uh, my skills a little bit, um, just a little more, because I'm a younger guy. So my senior year is the oldest that I'll really ever be and the most mature I'll ever be in high school. So I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to getting a little bit more below, um, a little more, you know, a little more strikes in the zone, having fun with my teammates and just playing hard. Okay. So what's the outlook as a, as a team perspective? How, how, how uh, good, how competitive were you guys last year? And then did you guys keep a lot of the same roster or how, how competitive are you guys going to be next year? Um, my sophomore year was my, like my first full year playing uh, high school baseball. Um, and we were really good that year, but we just, again, couldn't pull it together. We lost by, we lost every game by about one run. Um, and we didn't even make playoffs that year. Um, and this year, um, we were, we were a really good team, high expectations, good guys. I really liked the team, really liked the coaches, but we just, again, couldn't pull it together. We lost every game by a couple runs. Just, we were, we're just right there in every game. So hopefully this year with, uh, my class is really strong. My 2023 senior class is really strong at my school. So hopefully we could all, we could all pull it together this year and make a run at it. Okay. So are there some other guys in your class who are committed to some baseball schools? Yeah, we have a, we have a bunch of really good players who have offers. Um, and then we have, a, we have a center fielder named Antonio Gianni committed to Kansas. He's uh, one of my best friends, lives right down the road from me. Then we have a few guys. Um, we have a sophomore named Carter Brown, who I've heard is really good. Um, he plays on USA Prime American. Um, and Antonio Gianni is a senior, too, and he plays on USA Prime American as well. And then we have a pitcher named Caleb Neiman. He's, like, up to low 90s. But if he gets the ball in the zone, he'll be, like, a really, really good pitcher. And then we have an outfielder pitcher named Dylan Roberts. Um, he played on Team USA and 14U. So, I mean, we have a lot of guys with potential. We just, you know, got to pull it together and make a run at it. We got to get hot at the right time. Yeah. Um, so let's let's move on. Let's talk about the recruiting process a little bit. So obviously you committed to Tennessee for the class of 2023. So let's dig into how that recruiting process started for you. So when exactly did D1 teams, guys like Tennessee, other schools, when did they start reaching out to you and when did you start getting noticed? Well, actually, my sophomore year, I had a, a, like a few offers, a few looks, and I committed to Washington originally um, in my sophomore year. And then I played almost a whole year being committed to Washington. And, uh, I just realized that I don't, I didn't think Seattle was destined for my future. 
and there was just a little bit of the transfer portal going on, a coaching change, stuff like that. So I decided to just pull the string on that and I decommitted and I just really kind of took it slow with my next recruiting process. But um, I decommitted um, around September of last year, uh, September of my junior year. And, um, you know, I kind of had my advisor take that one over because I, I uh, didn't I didn't have any connections with SEC teams or anything. I didn't have the ability to go and reach out. And I, I really wanted to play in the SEC, you know, great atmosphere, tens of thousands of people every game, stuff like that. Um, I wanted to compete for a national championship, too. So I had him reach out to some schools that I really wanted to go to. And, um, you know, whoever answered, answered. And Tennessee, I think, answered in late September and kind of really pursued me really well. And that's what uh, that's what kind of got me hooked on them. Okay. So were there some other schools besides Tennessee in that second recruiting process that were reaching out to you and you were talking, had conversations with? Yeah. I mean, um, my top five was, I mean, they did a really good job. I had um, a bunch of schools that were doing really well, but the top five that I had was Texas, Auburn, Vanderbilt, Arizona state and Tennessee. Okay. So for that initial recruiting process, so the recruiting process that you ended up choosing Washington for, when did that start? And then, um, what was that? What was those initial conversations like with those teams back when you were a little bit younger? Yeah, Washington was the first team to ever, first school to ever reach out to me at all. So I think that's partly why I I uh, was hooked on that at first. But um, you know, I talked to St. Mary's, I talked to Loyola Marymount again, I talked to ASU, Grand Canyon, Arizona, a little bit of Oregon State, um, USC. So it was just all the West Coast schools, really. Um, and then I, I, none of not, not all of them ended up offering me. Um, so I, I just kind of played with what I had and went from there and I really liked Washington. It's a really good place, really good school. So what, so overall, what was that, what was that thought process that put Washington on top and within that initial recruiting process? And when exactly did you commit to Washington, um, for your first time? For me, it was the recruiting coordinator and pitching coach, Elliot Kribbe. Um, he, did, he did a really good job of recruiting me and talking to me a lot. And, you know, I just kind of fell in love with the school. It was a really, really good academic school, good place, good atmosphere. Um, and, the, you know, they had a really nice field, and they had – I thought they were on the right track to go back to Omaha and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I really liked Elliot Kirby. He sold it for me. Um, but he just left Washington to go to coach at his alma mater, uh, Seattle University. So that that kind of took me out of there. Okay. So once you did decommit, you said your advisor kind of took over, kind of reached out to some teams. But um, how long was that before you actually did commit to Tennessee? Um, it was September to December, so about four months. Um, you know, just, I, I wanted to take it slow. I mean, I could have, I probably could have committed within a week or two, but I, I just didn't want to rush anything. wanted to make sure that I got all the options out there. Um, you know, kind of just saw the whole country, saw what I wanted to do and just, you know, took my time and really invested in trying to go to the right place. Yeah. So you mentioned some other schools that were in there for that second recruiting process, Vandy, Arizona state, you mentioned a couple others. But what was it that stood out to you at Tennessee that you were like, okay, I'm going to Knoxville once I'm done with high school? Yeah, man. I mean, like you said, the the city, Knoxville, is probably one of the greatest cities I've ever been to in my life. It's not not a very well-known city, not a great, you know, um, big city. But, 
it's got it's got some civilization there and it's uh it's probably i think the third biggest city in tennessee so there's a good amount of people there good amount of business good amount of life and then you still got that southern way of living which is kind of what i like i really like uh the south and just the way that everything revolves around there and um it's a good place middle of the country easy to get to and from um and then you know you got the baseball team they're on the real they're on the right track um I, I, had a, I had a really good gut feeling that they were going to be the best team in baseball this year. I mean, they didn't win it all, but uh, throughout the whole season, they were the best. They just, they, yeah. they kind of didn't come up in the crunch time, but they will, they will in the next couple of years. But Tony yeah. Vitello, Josh Elander, Frank Anderson, um, even Luke Bonfield, um, you know, everybody there and the coaching staff just made me feel at home. When I got there on my official visit, it was it was ridiculous how how good I felt um, on campus. You know, they're they're redoing the baseball stadium. Their their football team is awesome. They have a really good school and um, medical program, and you know, just all that stuff that I really looked for. And uh, you know, just the way that they play, the way that they develop pitchers. It's just kind of ridiculous, and I thought it was thought it was absolutely perfect for me. Yeah. So when you take a visit in Knoxville, what exactly were they showing you? Can you kind of take us through that day of when you actually took your visit to Tennessee? Yeah, it's just kind of all the facilities at the stadium. You know, you kind of see everything, just kind of see what you're getting into. They go and you know, show you the academic centers, the football stadium, basketball stadium, um, your classes, dorms just everything around campus. They'll even go show you some restaurants. They'll take you around to eat, stuff like that. Okay. So were you able to go and take visits to other cities as well throughout that recruiting process? Yeah, I ended up going to uh, Auburn, Arizona State, and Texas as well. Okay. So how did that, how did that visit at, at – how, how did that compare to those other three visits you took? Yeah, um, Auburn did a really good job. That was probably a close second for me. Um, I really liked Butch Thompson, really liked Tim Hudson. They have a really good thing going on there. But, um, you know, Tennessee just kind of – Auburn may, may have shown the same amount of interest on the visit, but, you know, Tennessee just kind of stuck out for me, stuck out for me just because of Tony Vitello and the way he interacted with me and showed me how much he wanted me, um, you know, and – just everything about Knoxville just is a lot different than Auburn. Auburn's a small town on the border of Georgia and Alabama. So I just kind of wanted to be in like a big enough city um, to where I don't have to go across the country to be in a town of 30,000 people. Auburn is a really cool place, really good school too. So, I mean, Tennessee just kind of came out on top a little bit there. Yeah. So how easy is that travel for you from Knoxville to Arizona, whatever town you are in Arizona? Yeah, you can take a um, you can take a flight from either Knoxville to Denver or Knoxville to Nashville, and then fly into Phoenix, or you could go over to Charlotte and then fly straight into Phoenix. But you know, it's it's easy to get out of because there's a lot of airports around there, um, and you can just kind of hop on a flight and take a couple connections. It's cheap flights too because it's a small airport. But yeah, it's easy. okay. So are you, are your parents going to be able to make it out to a lot of games once you uh, play in Knoxville, or do you think uh, they might not be able to get the chance to go almost every weekend? You know, it'll be tough for them to go. I'm sure they'll make it out at some point, but definitely not every every uh, every weekend. But I don't know if they're gonna if they're gonna get like an RV or something. They said they want to do that kind of just travel the country, and if they do that, they might stay during baseball season, but. You never know. Hopefully they yeah. can make it out often. 
But if I'm ever over here, they'll probably come see me. Okay, yeah. Um, so obviously for the class 2023, I mean, you, you guys got a good recruiting class. You guys got a good recruiting class coming in. So do you have any relationships right now with some guys who are committed to Tennessee as well for your class? Um, maybe even classes below you or guys who are already there right now? Yeah, I know of uh, the probably best relationships I have is my class and the guys there. I don't really know any guys below me. I know a couple classes, 2022s. Um, oh, yeah, I do know Chris Newstrom and Ty Southesine, by the way. They are 2024s. I forgot about them. But um, those are really good guys. I know Matthew Santana, um, Daniel Paris, Cole Eaton. Cam Bates is one of my best friends. He plays on USA Prime. Then you got Matthew Dallas, Blake Grimmer. Those are the guys I know in my class. And then the guys there I, on my visit, I uh, I met Chase Burns, Chase Dolander, um, Trey Lipscomb, um, Evan Russell, Jorel Ortega, all those guys. I met those guys on campus when I was there. Okay. So since committed to Tennessee, how has your relationship, how has it evolved with those tennis, with the Tennessee coaching staff? And just how, how much are you looking forward to seeing them once you head to campus next fall? Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. Those are good guys. Um, and Tony Vitale is a really good coach. You know, they kind of just – backed off now kind of since I'm uh, committed but it's we still talk a lot we talk about players that he kind of wants to bring in the guys that I might know um you know just kind of how I'm doing I send him videos and send him all videos and my outings um I just recently saw Tony Vitello and Frank Anderson over in uh Cary in Atlanta so you know it's good to see them good to see them out recruiting um but yeah we we talk a little bit to kind of just a mediocre amount of talking. I talked to Tony Vitello a lot. Josh Elander I talked to as well. But Frank Anderson's not a phone guy. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, is, is Aunt Fra- Frank, that's, that's Brett Anderson's dad, right? Yes, the pitcher for the Dodgers. Okay. Yep. So, I, I was actually – so, when I was there, down there at WWBA, um, we were – there was some guy in a Tennessee hat watching your guys' game when you were pitching – and obviously, with me being down there, kind of networking with like scouts, coaches, all that, I went up to him. I started talking to him, and he was a great guy. But you could definitely tell he he might not be the most like guy who uses technology the most. Yes, of course. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't use his phone very much. He's a great guy in person. Yeah, he was a cool guy to talk to, and it was cool to dig into his his son's career a little bit. But uh, let's let's on the field play for you. Um, so you're listed right now as a pitcher and an infielder on Perfect Game. I know for Prime you just pitched this past week, but what's the plan in college? Are you planning on just being a pitcher, or are you going to? You know, if I can hit, that's great. I hit in high school a little bit, but nothing crazy. I'm definitely going to pitch, and then you know, if I start somehow just being Shohei Otani, I guess then then sure, that's great but I'm just I'm, – I don't really focus on hitting that much. I really put all my time and effort into pitching. Okay. So let's – so dig it into your pitching a little bit. Um, so what exactly is your pitching repertoire? You mean pitches? Yeah. Okay. So I have a four-seam fastball, um, a change-up, a 12-6 curveball, and a slider. And sometimes I'll mix in a little two-seam here and there if I ever just kind of need a double play or something. Um, but yeah, that's it. Okay. So what would you say is maybe, what would you say is your best pitch? Obviously the fastball, but besides that, 
Um, and then maybe the pitch that needs the most work. Yeah, I mean, my fastball is my best pitch, um, but I'd say besides that is probably the changeup. My changeup gets a lot of guys. I'll throw it to throw it to lefties, throw it to righties. I'll throw it to anybody um, who's kind of out in front or kind of needs to get a little uh, change in speeds or something to get them off balance. Okay. So are there any pitches that you're wanting to add here in the near future or maybe any pitches that just haven't worked out for you? Yeah, I've kind of worked on um, having two sliders, which is I have just a normal uh, normal slider, um, kind of just like a try to throw like DeGrom type of slider harder. Um, but I've tried the Whirly slider, which is what the Yankees have introduced kind of to the baseball world. And it's kind of slower and it just kind of sweeps across the plate. But that one didn't hasn't really worked for me yet. So maybe in the offseason I'll work on it. But, you know, midseason it's kind of hard to add to the repertoire. So, I mean – Oh, also the pitch that probably needs most work is my uh, my curveball right now because I was it was my best pitch last year, and I kind of I, I took a lot of time off and came back and it wasn't there. But it's been on and off. It's been on and off um, here in the past couple of weeks. I threw it really really well in North Carolina, and then in, in Atlanta it was really good as well. But there's outings where my slider is way better than my curveball, and some outings where my curveball is just my best pitch by far. So it kind of depends. I just kind of got to get more consistent with it. Yeah. So when you're going through that process of adding a new pitch to your repertoire, how do you go about that? So obviously it's in the off season, but are you just trying to play catch with it or what exactly are you doing? Yeah. You just kind of get more used to throwing it. I think anybody can throw any pitch. It's just kind of a repetition thing. Um, you just kind of got to get off the mound and see it through and kind of got to feel out your body when you throw it. It's really hard to add new pitches sometimes because you know, your body throws the ball a certain way and maybe your body doesn't want you to throw a slider, a splitter or something like that. But if you kind of train your body into doing that, I think everybody can. But, you know, just kind of keep, keep throwing it. Um, I use the clean flago sometimes to throw um, better fastballs, better curveballs, better changeups, better sliders. Because uh, that thing is like a true spin type of, type of feel. So if you can throw it like with the ball, kind of just spinning over the top of itself it'll it, it basically is the perfect pitch okay so if you were a scout watching your game so this could be on the pitcher's mound and in the dugout when you're interacting with teams what would you say would be your personal scouting um i try to be the best teammate as i can so hopefully scouts would say that i'm a really good teammate um but you know just going off that um kind of just a guy who gets the baseball in the zone i'm probably i might have like the highest strike percentage out of anybody on like the PDP PG circuit this year um, just because I that's my goal is just attacking the middle of the zone because as a hitter it's hard to hit it's really hard to hit especially if you have four pitches so just kind of mixing the mixing the pitches around and just throwing the ball in the zone the hitter's probably not going to hit it um, like over the fence every time yeah um, so, obviously, with you heading to Tennessee here this next fall, fall of 2023, what are some of the biggest, maybe biggest biggest weaknesses that you'd like to fix in your game before heading to campus? Yeah, I'd, to, I'd just like to get a little bit more more velo. Um, just a little bit. It'll come. I'm still 16. I'm not really worried about that. But if I can get a little more velo before next fall, I'll be, I'll be very happy with that. And, um, you know, just keep trying to be a better teammate sometimes. Um, sometimes you could sulk, you could be a little, little baby about stuff, but I just got to keep, 
keep uh, being strong-minded and being a good teammate. That's really it. That's really it for me. Okay. Um, so let's let's dig into that advisor selection process a little bit. So obviously, like I told you at the WWBA, that's what I'm trying to be once I graduate from college here in two years is just to be an agent slash advisor. So whenever I get a player on, I kind of like to act, act, ask the player side of things. That way I can kind of see how they what their thought processes are throughout their selection process. But when exactly did advisors start reaching out to you? Um, I'd say around, let's probably say maybe January of my uh, sophomore year, really, really early. Um, that's what they told me is I think there were three of them at that time was just like we get early just so we can get you into these like summer showcase things you know, get your name out there so you can get drafted and sign as soon as possible. Um, and, you know, it was the biggest one for me was Paragon stood out for me, and that's who I'm with now. Um, and as I go on, more and more agencies have emailed me, texted me, even texted my dad and my mom, um, just trying to get me on board. But you know, I'm with Paragon. I'm very loyal to them. They do a really good job of getting me to things. They have really, really good connections that's kind of the biggest thing is just having really good connections with everybody because uh, especially as a high school player, you kind of need those connections to get, get places because it's really political sometimes and sometimes it's not, not great. So if you have a guy on your side, it'll help you a lot. Yeah. So when you were going through that process of picking that advisor, besides the connection side of things, what were some key things you were looking for? You know, I mean, they showed a lot of effort with me and they sh- thought I was really good. So um, that's, that's one thing is kind of just a flattering thing. You're just like, wow, they really do believe in me. Um, that's cool. I mean, they came to my house, they uh, sat down and talked to my mom. They, they like really showed that they cared about me. So that was a big thing. Just kind of being that, like the respect standpoint, the really caring about me standpoint. My mom really liked that too. My dad really liked that, that, you know, they were just stand up guys. Yeah. So when they did come and visit you at home, there was it kind of just like they came in, just uh, had, like, met with you guys or did like a presentation to show you? At all? Yeah, they had a presentation and like a little binder of like all the big league guys they have there and their like statistics and what they did in high school to get to that point, um, you know, and just kind of the stuff that we wanted to hit hit on like this year and last year and all that stuff that was important to get my name out there. Okay. So as you continue to go through this process, obviously you said there's more advisors reaching out to you. Um, so when those advisors are reaching out, like, are they doing it through text message, phone calls? Are they coming up to you in person or maybe like a Twitter DM? How exactly are these guys reaching out to you? Yeah, mainly I'd say Instagram DMs and stuff like that. Sometimes they'll they'll get my phone number and reach out. Um, yeah, just, just kind of texting me and stuff, asking me if I'm on board with anyone. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's, let's move on a little bit. I just got a couple more questions for you. Let's move on from the baseball field a little bit. And we talk about baseball now for about 40, 45 minutes. Um, so just when you're not playing baseball, what are some things you like to do off the baseball field? Maybe say some of your passions that you have. Yeah. I mean, um, I love my family and I, I honestly love playing video games. So, I mean, that's a big thing for me because I got to keep myself busy sometimes. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm headed to the weight room right now, so that's another thing I do, just kind of keep getting strong, keep adding weight onto my frame. Um, that's a big thing for me. I love to lift. I love to, you know, hang out with my family, play video games. I like school. I like when school comes around. Um, I like having something to do because 
because right now I'm kind of kind of bored right now, uh, just in the process of summer and all this stuff. But it's it's great. I'm I'm glad uh, glad everything's going great. But those are the things I like. Yeah. So being in Arizona, how close are you to Phoenix? Um, I live in North Phoenix, so I'd say Central City, about thirty-five minutes. Okay. So are there, so with Phoenix, I guess I know is that city and are there, are there a lot of cool things to do besides maybe going to a Suns and, or D- Diamondbacks game? Um, yeah. Cardinals here too. This is, they're, uh, I mean, they're okay, but they have a really good stadium, really fun atmosphere. Um, it's a pretty big city. It's a, it's a very large city in size. Um, there's a good amount of people. There's about five, six million people. Um, and it's, just, it's, everything's kind of in a circle here in Arizona which is just kind of Phoenix and the suburbs surrounding it is basically where everyone lives. So it's good because you can get to places really easily. It's never like you have to travel down to Tucson or somewhere else in Northern Arizona to go do something. You know, it's yeah. all it's all centralized. It's all, you know, a really good map of things. I really like Arizona a lot. Yeah. So being in Arizona, are you a D-backs fan or is there another team you like to follow? I do love the D-backs. They have, I think they have the best stadium in the big leagues from what I've been to. It's my favorite one. Um, I, my, my favorite team is the White Sox, though, because that's my, my dad's team and, you know, just the team that we, we all kind of generally like. Okay. So with you being in Arizona, obviously there's, like you mentioned way uh, at the beginning of the interview, um, you said there's 15 Major League Team Spring Training Complexes there. So who's maybe, who's the closest spring training complex? And then have you been able to go to pretty much all um, of the, the training facilities? Yeah, I've been to close to all of them. Um, some of them don't don't really uh, rent out their fields. There's, I'd, I'd say there's about 12 facilities that rent out their fields to the, the amateur scouting people or whatever, like Perfect Game, PBR, things like that. Um, but the closest one to me is the Diamondbacks and Rockies. It's in Scottsdale, and I, I live in North Scottsdale. Um, so it's kind of 20 minutes south of me, and then everything else is kind of surrounding in that little bubble. Okay, so what's been your favorite complex to go to so far? Oh, I like the uh, I really like the White Sox and Dodgers, which is Camelback. Um, that's Camelback. Um, that's my favorite one. They have really good fields. It's got a re- like some nice scenery too. It's got a little lake in the middle, um, separating them, and just a little nice garden of cactuses and stuff. So it's it's a nice place. Yeah, I've been, I, I've actually been to Camelback once. That was a cool place. But um, I got one last question for you before we end it off. So. You head to Tennessee next fall, going to be a college student, and NIL is now a thing that college students, college student athletes can do to make a little extra cash. Um, have you thought about that at all to once you actually graduate? Maybe um, a dream brand you'd like to work with just to get some extra cash? Yeah, um, you know, NIL is great. Um, I'm sure Tennessee will set me up with stuff when I get there, but I'm not totally worried about that right now. But if I could, um, it would probably be um, – I'd go with probably Wilson at the at the most, um, at the greatest in college. I've heard of guys doing stuff with them, but at a realistic thing, I'd love to do something with uh, like the Legend Sports brand, which is uh, like sportswear, or Mark Pro or um, Clean Fuego, something like that. Okay. All right, man. Well, that's the last. That's the last question I have for you. Really appreciate you coming on the show. It was great meeting you last week in Atlanta. I wish you the best of luck here these next couple of years. Obviously, we follow your career from now on. Um, but, hey, just really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
And that's going to do it for episode two of three this weekend. Really want to thank Derek for coming on the show today. Just another great episode here in the books, episode number 90. Really looking forward to watch Derek ball out in Tennessee. Um, But just two great episodes so far this weekend. Really appreciate Jet. Really appreciate Derek coming on the show. Some great content for me. Great content for you guys. Uh, Really, just really appreciate all the followers I'm getting on these these, uh, episodes. Really appreciate it all. But make sure to tune in tomorrow for another great episode. Tomorrow we've got TCU 2023 baseball commit. we got Trip Landers on the show. Also plays with the Arkansas Sticks just like Jet did, the guy from yesterday. Um, So just great ball player, some great content. Really love digging into his career a little bit. It's going to be a little bit more of a longer episode as it lasted a little bit over an hour and a half. So a bunch of content there. Tripp's a great talker. Uh, Love talking to him, getting more, learning more about him. But for any more updates besides just the next episode, go make sure to check out our website. It's going to be www.jkrpodcast.com. Also check out our social media. It's going to be at jkr underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Go give those a follow. But besides that, appreciate you guys listening in. Tune in tomorrow, and I'll catch you guys then.